like a lot of these episodes and topics that we talk about, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, We're just letting you know of all the options that might be out there that we use, that our friends use, that um, our fellow creatives use, and just to find what's best for you and and, and what works. I know for sure that Alex and I are both in the mindset of Uh, not every project can be this like set timeline. Um, Everyone's unique and all of our clients have unique experiences. And I definitely want to make sure that I keep that value throughout my business and don't ever get to a point where everything's just a checkbox that's being checked off, you know? Welcome to Sorted, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. So get your coffee ready and let's get sorted. Hi friends. Hi guys. Welcome back to Sorted. We are so excited today to share an episode with you that we have been planning for quite some time um, just within the people in our network and our friends and just other people in the creative industry. And so we're going to do a CRM round table today. So we're bringing on four creatives all around the country, all different industries, and we're going to be talking about what they use for their CRM, aka their client relationship manager, and how they stay on top of managing their clients' to-do lists, how they connect with their clients, how they contact their clients, and just how everyone, uh, you know, keeps that relationship open and, you know, going so that we can learn from them and hopefully you guys can pull some information out of it. And at first, when Emma and I were first discussing this topic, we were just going to do it between the two of us and maybe have one guest on, but we realized that there are so many different ways to have your client relationship management program. I mean, whether or not that's a program, whether or not that's just through your email, like there are so many different ways. So we wanted to bring on several different people that could kind of give their perspective because like we always say, there's no right or wrong way to do things and there's so many different industry standards. So we really want to dive into those today and uh, let you guys in on all the, the top secrets from everyone. And after reviewing um, with everyone their their processes and how they do everything, Alex and I are going to dive into how we also manage our clients and how, you know, our to-dos and all that kind of thing. First off, we have Jess Goldsmith, a.k.a. Chick of All Trade, and we are so excited to have her on talking about her relationship with her clients and how she manages it all. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm excited to be here. My name is Jess, just like Emma said. I'm an award-winning illustrator, lettering artist, and art director, uh, born, raised, working, living, all of that in Brooklyn, New York. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your your business and what type of client work you do. So like how long are your projects? Do you work, you know, are are you like rifling through projects and clients or are you like sticking with the same clients, you know, over a long period of time? It's, it's really a mixed bag. Like I have, I have some retainer work that I do and then I have clients that come in and out where like I hear from them like once a year or a few times a year. Um, And then I typically don't love to do one-offs, but depending on the client and depending on the work, yeah. If it's worth it, you'll do it. (laughs) If it's worth it, I'll do it. If it it aligns with my values and it pays a fair rate, then I will probably do it. (laughs) So walk us through what it's like when a client first reaches out to you, or if you're reaching out to a company or a certain client that you want to work with, walk us through kind of that, how it starts and, and how you get into the work and all of that stuff. Yeah, so typically it's been going through referrals 
for like the last two years, which is great. Like it took a while for me to build up to that. Um, I still do outreach. I'm taking a little bit of a break from it. Just, you know, for my mental health, I needed to take a step back. So yeah, the client will get in touch. We'll have a phone call. I'll ask them to be like as descriptive as possible. And then if they, and that's just in the call. And then afterwards, I ask for them to send me like the exact deliverables that they're going to need from me in an email and the timeline and pretty much anything else that I would need to figure out like what the rate will be. I'll send that back to them. We agree on a rate, send over a contract, they sign it, I get started and yeah, we kind of just go from there. So when you're working on the project, then once the project kicks off and, and you're doing your work, is that communication all happening via email? Mostly. I have a couple of clients that I will allow into my text life, text circle. <laughs> um, I, I don't really love doing that, but there's there's a couple that I'm like, okay, like this is fine, and sometimes it's easier. Group. Yeah, but like it, it, there's also some people where it's just easier to communicate that way. I have clients where we don't even go back and forth with email. We just kind of like schedule meetings. And then with my retainer clients who like I'm working with on a regular basis, we typically have a Slack channel. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how do you send your contracts? Are you sending them just through like Adobe, Adobe sign, or do you use like a platform for that? How do you, I was using Bonsai for the longest time. And Emma, I think I actually got Bonsai from you like three or four years ago. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think I use it anymore, but I still have that template. Oops. So (laughs) that's, that's what I use. Yeah. yeah. And like, do you, do you send it? How do you get them to sign it? Do you just send a PDF? Yeah. I send it as a PDF. Okay. Okay. It's up to them. Yeah. I should probably do DocuSign though. That's, that's the truth. It's more secure. If you have something PDF that has it. That's the whole point of this episode is to figure out what works for everybody. But Yeah, I guess so within your system, kind of with that now getting to like the nitty gritty of of payment, how do you have your clients pay you? First of all, so sweet of you to call it a system. (laughs) 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 Um, But I, I prefer over anything else ACH transfer. That's just like the easiest way. Not all clients have that. So I'll accept Venmo, but I'll, you know, obviously mark it down as payment coming in. I hate PayPal. I do not ever want to <laughs> get paid PayPal Agreed. to the point where I've had clients send me checks in the mail instead of using PayPal. Like I'm not dealing with their fees. I'm not dealing with their customer service or lack of customer service. Like I don't want any part of it. So ACH transfer, Venmo or Zelle, something like that. And when you, you do know. an ACH transfer, do you just email them your bank details or do you have like a any kind of form that you... No, I feel like this I just, is I me mean, getting nosy, but I... I oh, just, no. It's I, for the people. <laughs> it's, it's on my invoice. So it says my account number, my okay. routing number. Um, okay. And do you just send like a PDF invoice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's very interesting because I feel like my system is super similar and I still get mail checks all the time, but I also have some like old school clients where... They, they have to go through their accounting uh, side of the company and they have to mail a check, which is absolutely fine yeah. with me. And then also through, I use Wave Accounting, They uh, that's how I send my invoices over. And then they have the ability to pay via ACH directly like to that invoice. So I'm not really giving them my account and routing number, but they are paying me via their ACH. So yeah. very similar. So that's, I kind of, I, that's what I really liked about Bonsai. There were, I, don't, I forgot why I stopped using it. I was just about to ask, yeah, why did you... I forgot why. I think, you know what? I think for a while I was strictly on 
retainer work and they had their own form and I was they had their own like way of paying me and so I didn't need bonsai because I didn't have to send invoices that way anymore and then I was just paying like a monthly fee for nothing but like maybe maybe I'll go back to it I also did like that they let you pay via credit card yeah it gives lots of options and now you can also there's like I have like three three banking options on my bonsai like where people have lots of choices on how to make that payment (laughs) yeah and then um, do clients yeah. cover the fees for typically like, yeah yeah i like that yeah. yeah that's the nice part about bonsai is you can have it where it's, it's like built, built in. in yeah oh that's very nice yeah and it's nice i only just started doing it because i didn't even know it was a thing but you can add tip onto your um bonsai Ooh. so once like do someone people give finishes, you tips yeah so it's nice i some people do do it like Especially for People smaller can tip projects. Designers. I know. Tip I know. your designers. Tip yes. your designers. Tip your designers. <laughs> I see a graphic coming soon. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's Love nice, it. especially for like because I do like a lot of podcast covers and those kind of s- smaller one-off projects that usually turn into like bigger projects that which is kind of nice but I do love doing those illustration projects so a lot of times when it's like a smaller ticket item sometimes people add like a little tip which it's like it's fun and it gives me like a a gold star I feel like that's coffee money baby (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly so on a scale of one to five file folders (laughs) how many file folders would you give your system like a two (laughs) I I think it's better than that I'm just, well, I know, I mean, just like as a human being, I'm, I'm a pretty disorganized person. Like my shit's together, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm running my business efficiently. I could be more organized, but like, that's been something that I struggled, I struggled with my entire life. So like, but is that something that you plan to, or are you like, you know what? I'm disorganized, but like, I'm still getting money. Like I'm still doing work. I don't yeah. need to fix it. Like it still works. You know, I also, I don't love having like so many clients to juggle at the same time. I did that in the beginning of my career because I was like, I was charging so little that I had to have so many clients. But now it's like, if I have like two or three clients a month or like maybe six a quarter that's you know that that's pretty easy for me to manage with just like me doing it manually right I feel like the biggest part of it is it's what works for you like if it I feel like your system is is you know you probably could optimize it but I think overall you know you're able to be on time to your meetings you're able to like get your client work done you're able to like those literally four late four minutes late to this meeting (laughs) but the fact that it bothers you no but I'm saying that because the fact that it bothers you like you were like so put off that you were for and had to give like poor Ruby got to blame but I feel like that show because I think a lot of people struggle with you know those like those type of things so I think the fact that you have and also um like just have it kind of more organized than you think you are I feel like is the thing and it could be organized in your brain but when you talk about it out loud about this CRM like it might sound you know like it's not you don't use a specific program or something so it might sound all like jumbled up but if it's organized in your brain you make beautiful work so it's like who cares (laughs) you make money you make beautiful work (laughs) I think like the most important part of being a creative is being creative and like everything else is is honestly secondary like it's important obviously to like you know have everything organized in a way that like you can manage a business but I do think that the most important, I mean, obviously, the the most important part about being a creative is being creative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, how long have, how many years have you been in business? Um, Okay, so like, I've been, 
I've been an artist slash creative my entire life. I didn't get yeah. serious about it until like maybe five years ago, but it didn't really yeah. take but off still until five years. Me- you, you've, yeah. been, you've been working with clients for five years, so you've had time to like, right. it's not, you know, I think that that's like something that's really important is I feel like a lot of people when they're getting started, they get put off by those, these kind of things. And that's why we wanted to talk about this because I feel like client, like CRM slash like invoicing slash like contracts and all those things are like probably the most daunting for when you're first starting out. Yeah, I know for it me is. it was And negotiating is also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's, that's I, I still episode. struggle with that. I struggle Same. with it. Yeah. 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 And just negotiating and not feeling like it's hard also when you're, when you're first starting out or like, you know, I feel like Alex and I are like medium starting out. I don't know what to call it. Like not fully, know. you know, still, still having to, you know, make a I sacrifices. see you both as like super established designers that make excellent oh. work. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like um, it's hard to like exactly what you said in the beginning where you were sacrificing the amount of clients you were taking on for, you know, that paycheck. And sometimes you just have to kind of do it for the, do it, I did it for a check. And that's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to find the balance of figuring it out for yourself and, and you know, making it. <laughs> yeah. I had like a six-month stint in pharmaceutical design, which, let me tell you, is the <laughs> most boring thing in the entire world. So what does that consist of? Oh, my God. It was like <laughs> creating the same. It was so boring. Creating like the same email heading, header over and over again, just like different ways. And like similar to that like online pamphlets and like printed collateral but like it was extremely boring like I don't know about you guys but like I don't work in InDesign like I don't need to this was strictly InDesign which for me is even more boring but they paid really well so like for six months I had like and they were so like laid back so low-key so I had like this super easy job that was paying really well it was boring but you know, I mean, I secured the bag and that's, yes. <laughs> that's what it's, it's about. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to like find that balance of, and yeah, my InDesign is, I have my four little Adobe icons right here and my InDesign's always closed except for, I just did like a planner and that was actually really fun because I got to get creative with it. Well, thank you so much, Jess, for joining us today and giving us the insight of kind of how your client relationship management works. And again, I know we've said this 50 times, but if it works for you, then keep doing it. Don't break it. Don't, wait, what's the saying? If it's, Don't if it's not fix broken. It, if it ain't, broke if it ain't broke don't <laughs> fix it yes yes um so i'm gonna let you take over jess and just plug in what you need to plug in your instagram your business you can find me at chick of all trade on instagram and chick of you can also see more of the work that i do with women of type which maybe we can discuss in another episode <laughs> at i'd wi- love to yeah at women of type and women of and book coming late October early November I haven't fully fleshed that out yet <laughs> so exciting so exciting. Yeah. so exciting we will also have her usernames and all of that good stuff in our show notes so if you didn't hear hers then check in our show notes to see how you can get in contact with her Next up in the CRM roundtable, we have dynamic duo Jesse and KP. So I'm KP. I'm the founder of Inkpot Creative. Um, we founded the business back in 2020, and we mostly help 
inclusive entrepreneurs who really want to have a standout website that's still strategic. So really combining the strategies of UX while also still being like beautifully clever at the same time. I love that. Love it. I really want to know how how you guys came up with your name. I know it's my my name's literally oh, my yeah. initial, so I love when studios have like fun names. So honestly, I was trying to find a word that had KP hidden in it. <laughs> so, so that's why clever. I went with ink pot. And it also kind of connects back to like my first artistic roots. I used to be really into calligraphy in like elementary school. So it just kind of all connected. Oh, I, I love, love it. it. That's awesome. And uh, let everybody know where you're based out of. So we are in Denver, Colorado right now. I don't know how much longer we'll actually be here, but for now we're in Denver. Well, let's dive right into the kind of clients that you work with. I know that you kind of briefly touched on that, but dive more into your, I guess, your ideal client or who are a lot of the clients that you tend to work with and kind of what that process is from start to finish, how they they find you, are you doing outreach, and then how that process gets started. So... As I kind of said a little bit, we tend to work with a lot of people in the creative online space. So it tends to be like solopreneurs or partnerships. And they are the kind of people who tend to notice that like a lot of the websites online all look exactly the same. And they're like, obviously, I want to look different. So they tend to come to us really wanting something that not only showcases what their business stands for, but also what they stand for. And we just really try to work to find a unique way to showcase that while also making them look very different from every other person in their niche and industry. What platform do you guys generally build on? Oh, that's a good question. So we specialize in Show It. I know Show It sometimes gets like a lot of flack, but personally, I think that it's great. It has really good SEO capabilities. And honestly, there's like no limits to what you can do on show it which is what i love so much about it yeah i i love show it i, I went to well, alex and i <laughs> went to a uh, conference out in columbus georgia and we met like the whole show it team and they are the sweetest people i think i've ever met like in my whole life like they they're like come visit us like come to the headquarters like come for a visit like they post a picture of me on their instagram they're like we met a show it designer like it was like they are the, the craziest yes the craziest like nicest team and they're all they're close to you guys you guys should add that to your list they're not that close but they're in phoenix so walk me through let's have a scenario and say that i am i stumbled upon your instagram i went to your website and how would i get in contact with you and then what does that communication look like i know that kp you are literally so organized so i'm gonna plug right now kp is actually going to be designing my website for me we're going to be conquering it together here next month i believe um, i was going to say scenario or real life Uh, both (laughs) i dm'd her so that's that alex is a chronic dmer I, that's how I met Emma. We, I sent her a DM. I know I found your Instagram and then I believe I reached out, I mean, via that. And then we set up a call and then now we communicate email and then you send me the notion boards and everything is just so organized. So is that how every client kind of starting point goes? So for the most part, we have been trying to get people to just go straight to our website and fill out our contact form, which we use HoneyBook for because we are obsessed with HoneyBook and Immediately, once they fill out that form, they actually get an email using like their automations that automatically says like, thanks so much for reaching out. If there was anything else that you wanted to add to your application, feel free to hit reply and it just lets them know we'll be back to them in 48 hours. 
So give us a little overview, I guess, and this could be like very generic of what exactly HoneyBook does. Now, is that just for, because I'm not familiar with the platform, so I want to make sure that I I understand. I'm very interested in it, but also other uh, listeners too can kind of get a hold of what exactly is HoneyPot for? Is it, I know that you use it for email automation. So, so walk me through what that, what all it encompasses. So HoneyBook is basically like an all-in-one system that can host like your contracts, your invoices, your inquiries and leads. You can also send out like mass emails through there. You can set up workflow automations. I also use it for my proposals and like service brochures. So they're always like making updates to it. And we do the questionnaires too. The like final feedback forms and we're starting to use it for some of our blogging services. So Alex had mentioned Notion. So what do you use Notion for that HoneyBook doesn't do? That's a good question. So (laughs) basically Notion can do everything project management related besides contracts and invoices and like lead capture that we found. So we use Notion for all of our project management, both internally and externally. So we have like client dashboards in there that we share with each of our clients. So basically once they sign that contract and invoice in HoneyBook, they don't see HoneyBook again until the very end when we offboard them. So the whole time we're working with them, they're just in that Notion dashboard where all of their tasks are and they just kind of stay up to date with the project through there. Does HoneyBook have some kind of internal dashboard like that, like some kind of timeline tracker? Do you know? So they have client portals, but I've never used them before, if I'm being honest. But they do have a client portal function. Okay, okay. I was just curious because I've never, I'm not familiar. I mean, I obviously have heard of it. I just, I'm not familiar with like the usage. So I think it could be helpful for um, our listeners and and myself of like what, you know, what capabilities it has. But yeah, so I guess with that, with that kind of system, I know you, you said you're huge fans. Are there any cons, do you think, to your system? I know this, this sounds very negative, but, you know, we just want to learn, learn all the little pieces of, you know, everyone's systems. And that's kind of the point of this is to hear pros and cons of each system that everyone uses. You're in HoneyBook more than me now, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's, I don't know. I do love HoneyBook because we have, what, like five different services now, I think. Oh, um, amazing. That we'll send, like, contract and invoices for. And we basically have all of the contracts already templated it out and just have like fill in the blank spots or like highlighted spots that we change for each client. So it's super easy to like onboard all of those clients and get all of their information in the contract signed, stuff like that. All of the invoices are automatic. So once they sign the contract, we don't really worry about if they're going to pay or sending invoices each month or anything like that that's so nice i don't know i can't think of anything that i don't like one weird good thing (laughs) one weird glitchy thing we've noticed recently is if you don't have everything set up in the project before you start the automation sometimes the automation just won't go and then you have to like manually send stuff for the rest of the project so that's just one little tiny thing. Interesting. Prior to HoneyBook, did you explore any other platforms and you landed on HoneyBook or walk me through what that experience was like? So my story's a little weird. I started with <laughs> HoneyBook because they actually had a really good, I think they still run it every year. There's like a dollar for the first six months deal that they oh, run. Wow. So that's when I joined. But then every like other designer in Facebook groups was like, oh, Dubsado is where it's at. So I switched to Dubsado <laughs> and I found Dubsado so confusing. Like, I think it's so powerful, but 
I just love the simplicity of HoneyBook, so I ended up going back to HoneyBook. Okay. okay. I love it. No, it's, that's, and, that's even better because then you have, like, the experience of two platforms and you know it's the one for you. And is, is HoneyBook a monthly subscription? If so, uh, how much does that run now? Like, if you didn't get that $1 special. So I think if you pay month to month, it's $40 a month. But if you're on the yearly one, I think it's about 35 which is pretty similar to yeah, Dubsado, I think. I know that you guys are a two-person team, so I think like with organization, it's even more important because it's not one person's brain you're having to organize. How do you guys split your roles, and how do you guys keep organized You know, between each other? So we have very in-depth to-do list on Notion. <laughs> um, I love it. So I guess technically we have three because we have like a master list of everything that we have to do for every client. So as soon as anyone is onboarded, we'll make a Notion dashboard for them. But then we also like add them as a client and add all of the tasks that we have for their project. So we have like a master task list and then I have one and KP has one. So each of us know like exactly what we have to do for each project and like do each day and everything like that. But then like, I feel like for the most part, KP does all of the design side of stuff. And I do more of the, like, project management, emailing clients, stuff like that. You also develop, yeah. Yeah, and then the development. But KP does all the heavy lifting with the designing. I don't really design anything. Well, yeah. because Inkpot started with just KP. And and yeah. you just came on recently, right, Jesse? Yeah, I joined in, like, mid-April. That's when I quit okay. my job and joined. So exciting. So were you just like, this is way too much KP for me to handle and I need you. And Jesse was like, yes, say less, say less. Yeah, I had some days like in the early part of the year where I was so booked that I was working like 10 to 12 hours a day because I also am a yes person. So I'll oh. say yes to like oh, yeah. preaching to the choir. <laughs> All yes. Everybody here. here. <laughs> and I was just like, Jesse, like I either need to hire someone or hire you. And then she was like, well, hire me, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah, I was not very happy it. with what I was doing at the time. So I was like, I don't really need much convincing. I will figure out what to do and like join you. I was just going to mention, like, I bet since you two are together that you kind of can read each other's minds more easily, maybe and understand how one another is working versus kind of hiring an outsider who doesn't know your process for one but I I just feel like it would be different yeah it was a like pretty easy transition I'd say like workload knowing what needs to be done stuff like that me learning everything and like how to do like I'd never done development before I'd never touched show it I'd never touched Squarespace like I literally knew nothing wow so It took me a little bit to get used to everything that she did and kind of like learn it and get up to speed where she was, but I don't know. I think it, we we work pretty easily together, so that's good. Yeah. I think it helps too that we've been together for for like four and a half years, so we're just like always used to being together and we were college roommates, so. I love it. That's so cute. And it's like, I feel like there's this comfortability factor of like, you're more comfortable to tell like KP, like, I don't like this design or or vice versa, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's just something there that, you know, you're not going to hurt each other's feelings because it's just about, about the work. Yeah. I guess I also have a question about, I know this is like getting off tangent of CRM, but I feel like it's kind of useful and and it's interesting because you guys have such a unique story, but what, um, do you guys struggle at all with like shutting off of work as a couple? Like, how do you you know, like, I, I, I know as a creative question. and as a, as a 
business owner, I struggle so much with like work-life balance and just shut, just that shutting off capability of like, okay, I finished my to-do list, but there always is more to do. Like, you know, you can always do more and like knowing like, okay, it's time to, you know, stop and not like, I do it all the time where am I, I live with my, my boyfriend and he's incredibly motivated and like ambitious within his work too. So like a lot of times we'll have dinner and then we'll get back on our computers together and we'll work until like 10 PM. <laughs> like, so I'm just curious and I can't even imagine like if we worked on the same project. It definitely is hard and I don't think we did it very well when I first started working. We ended up like sitting in the same office all day, right next yeah. to each other, working on the same stuff. And then we like didn't really spend that much time together, which like sounds weird because we lived together. Um, but like, I felt like we didn't really have any quality time together. But I think in the past, like maybe month, we've gotten better at kind of being like, okay, here's when we're gonna work. We're gonna take, you know, this day off. We're very bad at like taking the full weekend off. Like we tend to work one day on the weekend. And yep. <laughs> so we've kind of been like, all right, we're gonna stop now. Let, like, let's go have dinner. Let's go for a run. Like, let's do something outside of this room. Our apartment also has tons of amenities that we have not been making use of. And we were like, why the heck don't we go there to work? So like Jesse's been working by the pool every day. I've been like oh, working nice. in the like clubhouse businessy area, but it's helped a lot to like remove almost work from our apartment so that like when we come back, yes. we know to just not do it. I found that yeah. helps. Well, I think that all of the little tangents that we went on are going to be beneficial to literally everybody listening to this. So I'm glad that all of those happened. And I'm so glad that we found somebody who uses HoneyBook. I know there are several of you out there that do use HoneyBook. So hopefully you got something out of this. Only but a few. <laughs> only a few. But if you're shopping around, then hey, maybe check out HoneyBook. So I'm going to pass it over to InkPot. And you guys are free to plug in whatever you need to plug in. Give us your usernames. Give us your website. How can people find you and how can they work with you? So you can find us online at inkpotcreative.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on TikTok and Instagram at inkpotcreative. We also just started our own podcast called The Unexpected oh. Entrepreneur because my story is that I kind of like accidentally started my business after graduating in 2020. So that's been fun too. I love it. I can't wait to listen. Next up in our round table is Shelly from Some Shelly Photography. Give us a little overview of you. I am a photographer in New York City. I do like a lot of content creation just for small businesses and influencers and entrepreneurs. But my main thing is photography and I do some videography as well. The main clients that I have are smaller businesses and entrepreneurs or just people that want photos. So when those clients reach out to you, how does that normally start? So let's say they stumble upon your website or your Instagram, um, they probably fill out a contact form or shoot you an email. So then walk me through what that process might look like after they initially reach out. Yeah, so I have everyone reach out to me with a contact form on their website. Um, I don't look through DMs. I specifically tell people not to DM me. So once it hits my email, I email them separately. And then once we start like the booking process and we realize like we're gonna work together. So 
I use Hello Bonsai for my CRM, um, which I know Emma does too. With that, I start out with sending over a contract and like getting all the information. And then I also send a booking invoice through that too. And that's always a 50% like non-refundable deposit to claim their spot. But I do all my invoicing and contracts through that and all of their information is in the platform. And I also do like my taxes through there because everything is already secured and like in the platform. So it's really easy that I don't have to use a different like accounting platform to record all of my invoicing and like expenses and everything. So that's like a huge pro of that. You definitely (laughs) utilize it more than I do. I do not use it to its fullest extent. Does Hello Bonsai connect to your business bank account then? Like, is it pulling in those transactions in order to have all of your expenses and stuff categorized? It does have that option. I don't use that. I manually input my expenses just because, like, I like to have more control over it and, like, see where the categories are. But it does have that option if you opt in for it. So have you ever had any clients, let's say you're onboarding them and getting them into Bonsai and sending all this stuff, has there ever been any issues or are any clients ever like, Bonsai is so hard to figure out or I guess your opinion too, or I know it's a weird question, but are there any cons to it or any functionalities that you wish it has that maybe another platform might have? So personally, I love the platform. I don't think I have any cons. I feel like when I first started using it, there were some things that they didn't have, like when they first launched the platform, but they continuously upgrade everything and they're always adding new features. So when I first started, I did have some issues with the invoicing where like I couldn't do like partial refunds or like just more detailed things that I just wanted to go in and have control over, but now there's more options for it. But their customer service is amazing and people normally get back to you within like the day. Customer service is so important too. I feel like that'll make a break a a platform or a program. I feel like the customer service is really important when it comes to money because like clients, especially Shelly with you, like Shelly, a lot of times like weather affects your work and, you know, things that aren't in your in your uh you can't control them so it's you know you definitely have to have a little bit more flexibility with how you interact with money and clients so it's definitely something to take into consideration when considering a crm platform what are the different payment methods that hello bonsai offers for your clients to pay you they do bank transfer like regular card payments and i think that's it yeah I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the two I have activated. I think there's other. I think you can pay through PayPal too. But as we've said before, I don't don't use PayPal PayPal bashing episode. Yeah. Yeah, But you're, if you, if they do pay in a different way, like if it's cash or like through Zelle or something else, you're able to mark it as paid and you can click what it was paid as. So they don't have to pay through that invoice if they don't want to. Is Hello Bonsai a subscription-based monthly, yearly? And if so, how much does that run per month or per year? It's, I think you have the option to do monthly, but I do it yearly. And you get a discount if you pay for yearly. Yeah. You save a certain percentage if you pay the year up front. Yeah. I think it comes out to like 19 a month. I don't know how much it is. (laughs) 
I think, yeah, I think that's what it comes out to. Well, if you pay it yearly, you're not, yeah. like, looking at that transaction monthly. But I yeah. have the subscription where I added on, like, the taxes and, like, accounting. Yeah. Features. Yeah. So it's a little bit extra than, like, the regular plan. But yeah. I'd say it's definitely worth it because I don't worth have to it. get a different thing. <laughs> and everything's yeah. automated. Something that I know I love about Bonsai is that they have contracts that are pre- built into the platform so for me like I just click design or web design and then I've kind of built my own templates off of their templates but they're contracts that are developed by lawyers and they're very professional and like they're very well done and it's really nice because you kind of how we were talking about with our previous guest how they highlight on their contracts and then they go in manually and they put in in those highlighted areas what needs to be edited with Hello Bonsai, you just kind of fill in like the form. You basically are filling out a form for each client and it automatically inputs that into a contract. So it's something that I love personally about the platform. Shelly, with you with photography, do you feel like they're customizable enough for you? And do you like the contracts that are pre-built in? Yeah, so I right now I currently have a different type of contract than what they have um, automatically, but I have like looked through all of their templates and they're all very detailed and include most things, but it is really easy when you use one of their templates because you can import just like all the information, everything's just there. It's nice just when I, I know why I chose it when I was starting out was because it was very simple. Also, like I have this weird fear that like I'm going to do some automation. It's going to like send the wrong thing to the wrong person or like the wrong contract I don't know like the automations like I I basically like self audit like I have templates and email templates and all these things that like where I have like kind of self automated my process but it does Mm -hmm. sound so nice after listening to the past couple people that have a little bit more automated process and I'm I'm rethinking my system (laughs) (laughs) yeah I definitely have the same like opinions as you where like other CRM platforms seem like a lot more intimidating than Hello Bonsai. Like that's why I gravitated towards it more than others because it was so simple and easy to use. And I feel like from like a client's perspective, it's also very simple. For my business, since I mainly just do photography, I don't have to send my clients a lot of documents or like go back and forth with a lot of things. If I am, it's mainly through different platforms like Pinterest for mood boards or like yeah. stuff like that. So how do you send your photos to clients? I use Pixie Set, so it's a photo gallery website. Okay, yeah, I've mm-hmm. I've worked with Shelly before, and it's a great, it's a really easy platform to communicate like what you like and what you don't like, and yeah, sounds very organized. Well, thank you so much for your insights on Hello Bonsai, and if you are out there searching for a platform, you don't know what to use, definitely check out Hello Bonsai. Uh, Shelly had nothing but great things to say, so Shelly, I'm going to hand it over to you. Where can people find you, and how can they work with you? So my Instagram is at photography, and then my website is just www.sumshelly.com. We have our last guest on the CRM roundtable here with us. Uh, Steph Powell is a wedding photographer and a creative web designer based in Savannah, Georgia, but she just travel around as well. And we are so excited to hear about her CRM and how she works with her clients. So Steph, if you just want to introduce yourself to everyone. 
Hey everyone, yeah, my name's Steph. Um, as Alex so graciously introduced me, I am a wedding photographer and creative website designer um, who also happens to work with Emma pretty closely <laughs> doing some websites. But yeah, I've been in the business for um, seven years as a photographer and then just recently started doing website design around two years ago. Those are my two primary focuses. But for photography, I mean, I really got started back in college, actually, when I was a sophomore, just doing grad photos at the University of Georgia. And that was kind of my bread and butter for the longest until I just recently went into weddings. That's awesome. Are weddings your favorite thing to photograph or do you miss certain aspects of of photography in the sense of photographing other things? Yeah, so couples is definitely where my, that's where my heart lies. I just love seeing people in love and a total sap, but um, I still do, I still do grad photos here and there. I'm definitely pulling back from them, but I will always have a special place in my heart for them because that's kind of how my business started and how I was able to grow. But yeah, really couples is the main thing and grads is my secondary when it comes to comes to photography and then on the website side of things I'm more on the small scale of you know the single single person business like other cre- like starting creatives do you envision yourself in the future leaning more towards web or more towards photo or do you kind of always want to tackle both of them yeah so I don't think I'm ever going to be able to give up photography just because it's literally my pride and joy but as I, I just recently got married, and while we're no, nowhere near having children, I do think about that and what my future would look like if I were to continue down the path of being a wedding photographer and how I would potentially have to miss soccer games or baseball games on the weekends because of a wedding photographer's schedule. So in the future, I'd love to see my business shift more towards website design. I'd love to have it be like 60% website design and then still doing photography about 40% of the time once I start a family. And so as a multi-passionate creative, how do you keep it all organized? How do you manage your clients, your, you know, your invoices, your contracts, what platforms you use? And also within your business, like, you know, the timelines for those two projects, you know, if you're photographing a wedding or, you know, an engagement or something like that, it's like a one day type of thing. Mm -hmm. And with web, web design, it's, you know, multiple weeks, months of time. So how do you tackle those two things that are so different within the same system? Or do you use the same system? I house all of my contracts, invoices, email conversations, everything in Dubsado with my clients. And I found that it really has streamlined so much of my business because I was able to really set it up on the front end to work for me. So with the, I guess we'll start with like photography. So Basically, someone inquires on my website using a embedded like Dubsado form, and it goes straight into my CRM, and the conversation continues through Dubsado itself. I reply to all emails there. I'll send them pricing guides there, their contracts, invoices. That's how they make all of their payments. And then within Dubsado, they have something that's called a like pipeline up at the very top, which is kind of how I move my customer along the journey. So after they've inquired, they basically we'll go into like needs follow-up and then if they book we have a go to um, set contract and then once the contract is signed they filter over to going from a lead to a job which I love because it helps me kind of separate who is kind of still in question versus who really needs my attention right now so once they make it over to a true job they start getting sent guides for their engagement session their wedding 
I send questionnaires through there to try and get to know my couples a little bit more, which I think has become extremely valuable for me to refer back to and to send to my second photographers. So they go ahead and know, you know, like they already know who these people are come along on their wedding day. And then I have a little bit of a like post wedding day process as well. That I think takes a step out of Dipsado and I use Notion to kind of organize post wedding day process to, you know, kind of check off more of a checklist kind of thing. So like we sent out their sneaks and now we have to edit their gallery within that six to 12 week kind of depending on, you know, the season, how busy things are. Some seasons for wedding photography are way more, way more aggressive than others. But anywhere from six to 12 weeks, we try and, you know, hit those milestones of editing their, I guess, like their first look or their ceremony and try and do those like on a weekly basis to try and get those things out in the contracted time. For those that don't know, Steph and I work together. Steph is my web design partner. So when I have a client that I do branding with, I bring Steph in to help me with the website portion. And also Steph and I are co-founders of Golden Hour Guild. So I know that we are both huge Notion fans. And if you (laughs) are new to Notion, you should definitely go back and listen to our second episode that's all about Alex and my process with Notion and how we use it for our businesses. But I know that as as working with Steph, I know that she has a very detailed and in-depth client, I guess, portal for your, for Notion. So because your portals are saved within Notion, how do you find a balance between Dubsado and Notion? Like when do you just, for me personally, this is a question I've always like, I struggle with too with Notion is mm-hmm. when do you, because Notion doesn't like automatically sync with Dubsado, you kind of have to like enter the information right. twice. So what do you, yeah. like, where do you, what do you keep where and how do you, you know, keep up with both platforms? Again, my website design clients, um, since we're kind of talking specifically about that, the inquiry still lives through my website and in Dubsado. So I keep only for my website design clients, I will keep their questionnaire and their invoice and their contract in Dubsado. And that's pretty much it. They automatically filter into what I have as an option on my pipeline as in progress slash editing. Once they're there, I have their invoice set up to remind them, you know, like, hey, this is when you need your next payment is due. But milestones I put into Notion. Emma, you've seen it, but I have a pretty in-depth like calendar that's on Notion that is usually about, again, about oh, eight yeah. weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's a lot, but it helps me kind of know I have a, a calendar and timelines already set for website design projects that I know works well for me in development and in design and going through review processes with clients that I will set up, put in the new dates. And I use the calendar in Notion to go ahead and said, set up calendar invites in Google Calendar to send to my client. That way they know, okay, hey, this is when we have a milestone that you're involved in. They're not, they don't get all of the dates because they don't really need to know when I'm personally gonna be building out the homepage, but they need to know what we're gonna have a review call. So that's kind of how I use, I guess, the two intertwined. But Notion really just acts as a, a note-taking document for me when we have client meetings. So if we have like a homepage review call, I will hop into Notion, write down the notes in there, and then use that in further development of the website. But yeah, I guess that's kind of the main separation between the two. I, I use Notion way more for my website design clients than I do anything with photography. 
I know that in our Notion episode, we kind of really hit on it could be as easy or as complex as you want it to be. And so do you feel like Dubsado is you have to kind of set it up from the get-go in order for it to be successful? Or do you think you can go in it and kind of use the simplest functionality like I personally do in Notion Mm -hmm. and not really dive into that complex stuff yet? Yeah, no, I I fully agree that your, I mean, your CRM is going to do as much as you want it to or as little as you want it to. And right now, the way I've, I've been using Dubsado for a little bit over a year now, and I know for a fact that I'm not using it to its full potential. Like there are things that I, because I'm a worry wart, automation has literally scared the living crap out of me. We literally just talked um, about this. Yeah, automation, <laughs> terrifying. But I have just recently hired a Dubsado specialist to kind of set, come in and she's going to really up level my Dubsado backend so that it works even more for me. But for the past year and a half, you know, I've been using it a little bit more manually, but even introducing a system like Dubsado has, you know, really transformed the way that one, my experiences for my clients, it's extremely streamlined, it's clean. I'm not having to send contracts via Photoshop, PDF, anymore, everything already lives in this one place. And there are certain things, in my opinion, that you do need to set up like on the get-go. So contracts and perhaps your packages, just to make your life a little bit easier. But things like automation and sending out email blasts, you know, on this date and time after the project started. I mean, if you if you know your timeline in your head, you don't have to necessarily automate that. Does Dubsado let you, kind of how you're saying how automation, you know, I'm the same way as you know, um, but yeah. <laughs> with Dubsado, can you, so like, let's say you want to send an email reminder that like something's due or something like that. Mm-hmm. Can you set a template and then uh, like you send it manually, but it's like kind of in your pipeline? Yeah. So it's really cool because there are certain automated emails as a business owner that I just, I knew I wanted to have send out, which was payment reminders for really my brides and my website clients. I wanna make sure that they know not a day before a payment's due. Like I want them to know like at least a week in advance just in case they need to move money around or anything like that. So those are the emails that I do have being automated right now. And there are more emails that in the very near future will be automated, (laughs) but nonetheless, I have to approve them to go out okay something really important to me in my business is making sure that each of my clients has a unique experience no client no bride no creative is the same so i like to add personal touches to emails but you have you know a general framework that you want to set up so i will have these emails pretty much Mm -hmm. drafted up but then I can still add a note in that's a little bit more personalized to them. And then I approve the process for it to go out, which is still going to save me so much more time than having to sit here and like type out these long emails. You have been in business for five, six years. You brought on Dubsado like a year ago. So do you think that it's valuable to have, do you think that I guess someone that's just starting out could start using Dubsado or do you think that there is some value in kind of like figuring out your packages and your process before actually bringing on one of these yeah. more like automated or like these like heavier quote unquote client CRMs. You know? yeah, yeah yeah like do you think that because I know for and this is something we've all three of us have talked about offline but I know for me like I my I've changed my process so many times since when I you know when I first began the first two years were like uh you know it's, I'm only on like year four right now or almost year four but um 
you know, it definitely took me some time to kind of get my process nailed down. And maybe it's, you know, I don't use one of these automated um, platforms right now. And maybe it's something that I need to think about to like help myself with my, my uh, Mm -hmm. creative process. But um, yeah, it's something I guess that's interesting to me is if you think that, yeah. If you think that, you know, if you think it's necessary. Yeah. Well, not even necessary, but like if you think that you need to spend some time pre CRM to like fully understand what you need to be able to, what capacities you need to have. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's value in, you know, testing the waters and figuring things out in your business. I mean, that's some of the most fruitful time that you'll ever have in your business is trying to, you know, set things up and really learn about your offerings and who you're serving to. Even when I first, like, again, just a year ago, just brought this on, I found, again, that even though I was using it very minimally just to even send contracts and invoices in just one place, I found it to be extremely, extremely helpful for me and not to get lost in the weeds and consuming so much time trying to create, you know, new, new contracts and changing things manually. And that, it saved me so much time, which again, I, I think too, there's value in it. We know time is the most valuable currency ever. So especially in our businesses where there's we never are enough makers. <laughs> yeah. We're makers, we're doers and we are our business. And so that's, that would be my only, like, I guess playing devil's advocate there is yes, there's so much value in, you know, figuring out things on your own and getting your hands dirty and like trying to figure out your systems, but you can never get time back. And for me, I have just saved so much time by introducing Dubsado into my business. And I'm not even using it at its full capacity right now. <laughs> so I can't even imagine over the next, really in the next three weeks, what my how my business is going to change and up level when I really do start introducing automation. And I think something cool about Dubsado is they have a really unique free trial in that you're not locked into a time frame. So a lot of people's free trials on their CRMs are like, oh, seven days, 14 days, and then you have to start paying. Whereas Dubsado really makes it possible for you to kind of get your hands in there and load in your templates and see what clients port, client portals will look like. Um, and you can do that for up to three people before you have to start paying. So you really get to choose so when nice. you introduce yeah, you really get to choose when you introduce it into your business, which is really important to me because I'm a serial perfectionist. I'm a one also on the Enneagram, so Lord knows. But I, you know, I wanted to make sure that when I brought this to my clients, it wasn't janky. It wasn't like super messy. So I really played around in the system probably for, I would say like a month and a half before I put that lead capture form on my website to make sure that things started like filling in. And you don't even have to do the lead capture form. That way you can create projects manually for your trial and kind of pick and choose like, okay, this client, like this wedding client, let's see what that process could look like for them. Or this website design client before you, you know, hard launch that you're using a huge CRM. It's nice that way too. Um, So you can kind of see it from beginning to end and not like, mm -hmm. I feel like when you have like a seven or 14 day trial, you're just seeing it like, you know, the yeah, lead capture like, okay, to the days. yeah 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 and not the full that's really nice and it's or like, it takes you yeah. the full seven days before you even log on to it yeah. after you sign <laughs> exactly. up for the free exactly trial. yeah exactly so their their free trial is pretty unique in that way and I that was something that was really important to me is to have something that I had time to play around with 
before I was like, okay, here you go, clients. Like, Right. So prior to Dubsado, did you use any other specific CRM platforms or were you kind of just doing it all on your own without using a certain platform? Um, I was bootstrapping before <laughs> yes. before I was using Dubsado or any kind of CRM. I did research on them for the longest. Another popular one with uh, photographers specifically is HoneyBook and I had everybody and their mothers telling me to use it. But again, I was scared. Their free trial wasn't as enticing to me. So I was like, it's okay. I will type up my contracts, change name manually, change dates manually in Photoshop, send the PDF. And then I was invoicing manually through PayPal. Again, there are so many lessons that you learn in doing stuff like that. But I, I wasted so much of my time doing that. Thank you so much for your input and all of the advice on Dubsado and how to use it to its full potential. So I'm going to hand it over back to you, Steph. And if you just want to plug anything, your website, how can people find you? How can they work with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Steph Powell Creative and my website is stephpowellcreative.com. That's pretty much a good reflection of, you know, my work as a website designer and my photography work. Everything lives there. And then as Emma mentioned a little bit earlier, we also have Golden Hour Guild, which is our creative community, which Alex is also a member of. And (laughs) you can find us at Golden Hour Guild on Instagram and our website is goldenhourguild.com. Well, this episode I think has been my favorite. I loved just hearing from four totally different people about their processes, their organization. I love hearing how people run their business, how they, you know, stay organized, how they manage their clients. And, you know, there's a million ways to do it. So it's just so insightful to hear it from people that have been in business for many different, you know, time periods for doing different things. I also loved it because a lot of them are our friends and we work with them. So it's kind of nice to, you know, we know what they're process is like because we either have worked with them or are friends with them you know talk to them regularly so we can kind of ask them insights that we know you know from from a different perspective yeah and I think it's very interesting too how we are all in the creative field but we find that different ones work best for us so I also loved how Inkpot had tried Dubsado and they didn't like it and so they are now using Honeybook and then Steph Powell tried HoneyBook and didn't like it and uses Dubsado. So I love this again because like a lot of these episodes and topics that we talk about, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, We're just letting you know of all the options that might be out there that we use, that our friends use, that our fellow creatives use, and just to find what's best for you and what what works. And maybe you're like like Jess and you don't use one and that's totally okay and she's kind of embracing the chaos and embracing her own method that she has in her head and not necessarily using a specific CRM platform. And exactly what you just said Alex I totally agree about how you know how Inkpot uses you know uses uh, HoneyBook and they didn't like Dubsado. When I was first starting out and I was looking for a CRM or what you know how the heck to organize my clients and things like that I read all these blog posts I went on Pinterest, I watched YouTube videos, and everyone had pros and cons on everything. And all the pros and cons kind of like clashed and there really wasn't a solid answer out there. And I think that, you know, one of the overarching themes of what everyone said is that 
it's really based on you, your preferences, and your business. How automated, how involved, how how you want to process process your clients and how you want to use those platforms and what things you find useful because I think we can all you know you can take tips and tricks and you can hear from these different creatives on what they use and you know what they like about them and what they don't like about them but I don't think that you know you can take that you have to take it with a grain of salt because you might like you know that little quirk that that one platform has or you might like the way that Honeybook does something that you know, Dubsado doesn't. So I think it's very insightful that, you know, it, it does take kind of some trial and error within, you know, finding the right CRM for you. And we heard about everybody else, well, our select few <laughs> friends and fellow creatives and what they use, but let's talk a little bit about what we use for CRMs. So I will go first because <laughs> I am very much in the same boat as Jess. I don't use HoneyBook, I don't use Hello Bonsai, I don't use any real, I should say, CRM platform. A paid CRM. Yes, yes, that's a good way to put it. So what I do for my clients is I have two different platforms that I use that kind of have one specific area that I, or topic rather that I use it for instead of like Dubsado and all these other CRMs kind of have it all in one. So my accounting software, I use Wave Accounting and that is obviously for all of my finance stuff, but I also have all of my invoices in there. And so I love it because one, it's free and two, my invoices, I can send them directly through Wave to my client. I have little client profiles that have all of their information and I can write anything I need to in the in the invoice template and just send that off. And then it's automatically connected to my bank account, to my expenses list, and to all of those different categories. So that's one side of things. And then the other side is Notion. And I know that we had a whole episode about Notion. So if you haven't heard that, please go back and listen to episode two, that where we both dived into the different dashboards and, and everything of the holy grail of Notion. But for Notion specifically, in my clients, on the client-facing side of things, I use it to house all of the important documents, all of the meeting notes, and all of that good stuff. So between those two things, I feel like I'm organized internally, and it's going to take a lot for me to really invest in a good CRM platform. And another big thing that everybody uses a CRM platform for is contracts. And the way that I do my contracts is I simply have a Word document or a PDF that I can edit based on what service the client is getting from me. And I just change their name at the top, put in their address, uh, redate it at the bottom because it already has my signature in it, and then re or rather put in the new price for that certain project. And then I just send it to them through Adobe Acrobat. So there's no, they don't have to go in and open the PDF and edit it and type in their name or anything like that. It just automatically, I mark where they're supposed to sign it, where they're supposed to date it, and it sends it directly to them through Adobe Acrobat. So to some, you might be cringing and you might think that my process is insane and that it could be so much more seamless. But for me, that's what works now and that's okay. And I think that's the whole point of this episode. So Emma, what do you use for your CRM? I think what you just said is so important. I just have to touch on it before I get into mind that it it is what works for you. And it's, you know, I think that, you know, it's always hard in the world of like creative business owners and Instagram and 
TikTok and I feel like it's even worse with TikTok the like people that share their routines and their morning routines and things like that it always looks so glamorous of like other people's you know organization and how they have their life all together and I think for Alex like she's running an incredibly successful business and she's not paying you know a monthly subscription something and and it's not automated and it works for her and I think that that's also it's like a very important takeaway from this episode is that you know it is really up to up to you and how you know involved you want to get in your process for me be right back crying <laughs> the sweetest <laughs> um but yeah I think that for me I use a I use Hello Bonsai like Shelly I definitely don't use it to its fullest extent I don't do any automation I literally just use it for contracts and invoicing and I do all of my I would say my real like client like management in Notion I have little check boxes and I have templates that I use for each type of project I do and that's where I store all my meeting notes that's where I store you know all my 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 breakdowns of strategy and kind of how we talked about how we're, we're going to dive into uh, in the next couple episodes of brand strategy is you know there's all these little tidbits that I want to remember about for when I'm doing a branding project and I put that in Notion for me it's really nice because it's kind of the same style of a bullet journal it's really DIY it's really you know I can add whatever I want to that template so it's really customizable and that's why I love Notion for you know my client like really my client management. It's kind of what made me, I realized it while we were recording this episode with all these different creatives is that yes, I use Hello Bonsai, but I don't really use it as a, as a client management platform. I really just use it for, you know, those, those, that invoicing, the, the, the contracts. Um, and also I time, I count time or I track my time on it for a couple clients that I still do hourly work for. I also uh, charge hourly for a couple types of projects, uh, specifically for like podcast covers. Um, I find it, some people are really anti-hourly work, but for me, podcast covers are so, uh, you can't, it's not a one size fits all. I can't say like X amount money for a podcast cover because everyone is different. Some people want just text. Some people want really detailed illustrations. Some people want you know, a couple different options and sketches. And so for me, hourly works really the best for podcast clients. So I track my time on Hello Bonsai. So I don't think I'll ever get rid of it because I do really like how, you know, it's slightly, I guess, streamlined where when you create a contract and you put your pricing model in, it creates those invoices for you and it can send them automatically. And I also have a couple of retainer clients that I have send automatic invoices through Bonsai. So I think it's worth it for me. I'm on like the lowest model. So it's like $17 a month. So for me, I think I'll keep it around, but I'm, I am a huge fan of scrappy starting, you know, starting scrappy and, you know, doing what you can to just get yourself started. And we've talked about it before. I, I literally had my portfolio on a Google drive and that's how I'd send my work for, for the first year of my business because I was very frugal and I did not want to invest in a website. So I think that you can you know, start scrappy with your CRM and, you know, figure out a system that works for you. The nice part about if you're a creative and you're already paying for Adobe, you have, you know, the Adobe Acrobat, Acrobat sign system um, already, you know, as part of your subscription model. Um, and you can, you know, create this system that works for you. And then, you know, down the road, kind of how Steph talked about, if you want to streamline and automate your process, you can get on one of these CRM platforms. It's like a little bit more involved. Yeah. But I know for sure that Alex and I are both in the mindset of uh, not every project 
can be this like set timeline. Um, everyone's unique and all of our clients have unique experiences. And I definitely want to make sure that I keep that value throughout my business and don't ever get to a point where everything's just a checkbox that's being checked off, you know? Oh, did that step check? Did that step check? You know, I want to make sure. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I know we we talk about all the time. So yes. Yeah, because, yeah, like you said, every client is different, and I think what makes us unique and stand out in the industry is that we're very personal to our clients, and we treat our clients like our friends, and so if something needs to get pushed, that's okay. Like, if if they're a day late to paying an invoice, I'm going to kindly ask them, like, hey, what's going on, you know? Like, you need to pay this invoice, it's a day late, but if it's not anything that I'm, the contract says, you owe me this, like, let's just make it personal and like be friends with our clients. But I also understand that that's not how everybody operates and that's totally okay. But I definitely think that that's what helps us and, and helps us stand out in the industry. Yeah, it's why we related so much and why we were such fast friends is because we, we, you know, see our, our creative, creative businesses kind of in the same way as we are. We're here to, you know, obviously we are doing something we're passionate about, but also we're here to serve our clients and like, I want to be able to serve them the best I can. So if that means that I have to kind of customize my timeline and my process for, you know, this project, I I'm happy to do that because I, I love building the connection. I love, you know, just that, that piece of a project is, it's my favorite part is, you know, hearing the client and making sure that they getting an email that says like, you know, you, you, you got my vision. Like this is, this is my branding in a logo. Like, you know, I just got a, a email back as we were recording this outro that someone said that I, you know, they're, they're like, this is my branding and like, I feel so, I feel seen and that's like the best, uh, the best, best feeling. Feedback. Yeah, for sure. That's why we do what we do. Exactly. <laughs> I know we kind of have been rambling about our, you know, our takeaways, but let's get to our official final files for this episode. The first point being, it's not one size fits all. Shop around, do the free trials, explore all the options that you can before you are sold onto one because you never know what else is out there and whatever works for you in your business is what's going to work and there's no right or wrong answer. And also don't be afraid to start scrappy and not have it all figured out when you're getting started. As you've heard from multiple people during this roundtable is people move around from you know platform to platform. I know I have other creative friends that have been on a platform for you know four years and they're like, okay, I'm gonna try this new you know this new fancy one that just came out and they love it. So I feel like there's a lot of pressure in having it all figured out and it's okay to not. So yeah, just make figure out what works for you in that time and in that moment and it doesn't necessarily have to work for you forever. I know it can be really daunting to set up a whole system but, you know, sometimes it might be worth it if it's going to cut down on time or, you know, be a streamlined process. I know for me and for Alex, we're both kind of new to Notion. So getting that whole system set up definitely took some time. So, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you got some information out of, you know, all the different creatives we had on today. If you use a different platform or if you have, you know, tips and tricks that you use for your you know your system we'd love to hear from you please comment on our instagram or shoot us a dm yeah we'd love to hear from you thanks bye for more sorted content follow us on instagram at sorted.pod also if you enjoyed this episode let us know by leaving a review it means so much 
Sorted is hosted by Alex Pizak and Emma McGoldrick. Produced and edited by Carrie King. Marketing and graphic design by AP The Creative and ESM Creative Studio. Photography by Hannah Hunt and music by Dam Dharmawan. Huge thanks to all the people that made Sorted happen and to you for listening. See See you you next time. time.